0: Welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed, you took out the time to join again today. Uh, you know the purpose of this podcast is First John four four. Uh, it says we are of God, little children, and have already overcome them. For greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. We want to take things that are going on in this world and approach it from a biblical perspective, and we'll find that greater is He on the inside of us than He that is in the world today. We're gonna talk about something serious here. Um, there was like a month of go- a month ago, not even quite a month ago. There was a shooting that took place in Texas at a Texas church, and um, two members were uh, were dead there. And um, horrible thing that happened. And uh, I want to read some of this to you, and uh, I want to point something out. And we're gonna dive into the podcast for today says that a gunman f- opened fire at a church in Texas on Sunday morning, killing two people with a shotgun before a member of the church's volunteer security team fatally shot him, the authorities said. And it goes on to talk about what happened and um, the tragedy there. Some people um, in this world we find ourselves in, some people, once again, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to do any of that. What I, what I want to do is what I said earlier. Approach these things from a biblical perspective. And uh, so what I want to talk about today is gun control. I want to talk about gun control. I want to talk about what does the Bible say about gun control? Well, first and foremost, we understand that the Bible doesn't say anything about gun control in, the, in that sense because of the fact there were no guns. The guns were invented in like the 1500s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So this would be way, way, way after Bible days. But we know they had swords, spears, shields. We're living in a fallen world. We're living in a world where there's a lot of crazy things going on. And um, what if that member wasn't there with a gun? What if he wasn't there? That security uh, person, the, the security team serving there, volunteer. What if he wasn't there? That could have gotten been a whole lot worse. Could have been a whole lot worse. We're living in a world where things are going on. Paul Paul calls it perilous times. And in 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 the days that we find ourselves in, it's important that we know about God's protection. That's very important. As a matter of fact, Psalms 4 verse 8, I'm going to read this, but let me pray first. Father God, we thank you for this time that we're all gathered here together. Father, we ask that you open up our eyes to see things we haven't seen before by your spirit, to apply it to our lives as we have committed to be believers in you and to do what your word says and to see the revelation in it and truth that will make us free. Father, we thank you that even in the midst of perilous times, we abide under your shadow. You're protecting us and you're looking out for us, even in this crazy world that we find ourselves in. We give you praise for that father in Jesus name. Amen. Psalms four verse eight says, I will both lay down in peace and sleep for you alone. O Lord, make me dwell in safety. See, some people would say with a verse like that says, well, see, if you believe that God is your God, then why in the world would you carry a gun? Why would you even think of such a thing? Now, let me say this as well. I don't have any agenda on this podcast. All I'm doing is approaching this issue from a biblical perspective. I don't have any agenda one way or another. I'm just giving you scripture and context as I promised to do by the help of the almighty God. I have no agendas here straight scripture. But some people have taken these things and they've said that, you know what, if, if that's true, man, y'all ought to, if you claim to be a one nation under God, then man, you ought to put all your guns away and you ought to get rid of all the army and you ought to, man, you do that. You're going to be learning a new language before the month's out. you There's going to be a new flag that's flying over your head if we do that. See, yes, God is our God. Yes, he's our protector. Yes, we trust in him. That's what we need to remember. We trust in him. But also, well, Proverbs 21, 31. I'm giving you scripture. Proverbs 21, 31. This is the NET version. It says a horse is prepared for the day of battle. All right. But the victory is from the Lord. I mean, you can get everything together. You can, you can come up with a a good battle plan, a good strategy, but if the Lord's not in it, if if God's not in it to prosper you and to make it successful, you might as well stay home. I mean, he might as well. Uh, Psalms 20, verse six through seven. Now that now I know this is a new King James that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right arm. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Now the horse is still prepared. You still got the horse prepared. We still got our armies. We still got the Navy. We've got the Marines. We've got all these uh, military, the military. We're so thankful for and that we pray for. We've got that. We're not getting rid of that. We ain't stupid. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. Oh, we we oh you may be strapped, but you know that the victory is from the Lord. The The salvation is of the Lord. We're not trusting in it. It's it's the same thing. This this is true through with any principle. You don't want to trust in anything but your God. You don't want to trust in anything. Don't trust in riches. Trust in God who gives you richly all things to enjoy. Don't trust in a handgun. Don't trust in a knife or anything of that nature. Trust in God. You see what I mean? Cuz he's the one that protects you and keeps you safe. Prepare the horse for battle. Yeah, we're preparing the horse for battle, but trust in God. Don't forget God. The Isaiah 31 verse 1, he, he says to those who trust in chariots, to those for lack of, for um, this podcast, those who trust in armies, those who trust in um, weapons, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. This is Isaiah 31 verse one and rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy one of Israel nor seek the Lord. Now the Israel, excuse me. Now the Egyptians are men and not God and their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall and he who is helped will fall down. So he who helps those who are helping you and the ones who are getting helped will both fall. They will perish together. Why? Because the victory is from the Lord. Once again, this is a subject that, um, once again, when we say gun control, when we call it that, yes, we're looking at that, but we're, we're going to have to look at it from the Bible's timeline and the Bible's perspective, because there was no guns in during that time. So, I want to look at three examples here, three, uh, three examples. Uh, one is an example, I would say, we have examples for all of these. One is an example of uh, a man of God named Nehemiah. Nehemiah, under the direction of the Lord, was a faithful man. He went on to rebuild the temple of God. A uh, very, very important mission, very, very important what he's doing but there were some enemies that didn't want this to happen. Uh, There's always been enemies against God's children, the children of Israel. There were some enemies that did not want this to happen. They did not want it to prosper and they were doing everything in their power to make sure it didn't prosper. We pick up here in Nehemiah chapter four, verse, verse eight in the new King James and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God what was the first thing they did? We made our prayer to our God. Oh yeah, prepare the horse, but know that salvation, that victory belongs to God, that it comes from God. The power belongs to God. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God and because of them, wait a minute, watch this. We made our prayer to our God, comma, and because of them, them who? Those who are conspiring together to come and attack. Because of them, we set a watch. Oh yeah. Against them, night and day, we see a perfect picture of preparing the horse for the day of battle, but knowing that victory is from the Lord. You see, the first thing they did was acknowledge God. They prayed. That was the first thing they did, because you you can have you can be strapped and you can be armed to the T, and if you don't have His grace, if you don't have His wisdom, it won't mean a hill of beans. But when you acknowledge him, you place him in that and you got the Uzi, <laughs> you're in good shape. I'm just I'm just reading scriptures, man. That's what it is. We're not to trust in weaponry. We're not to trust in it. We're to trust first and foremost in our God and in being led by his spirit. You know, if we're led by a spirit. We won't even get into certain situations to begin with where it would require violence, where it would require uh, using weapons, especially, I mean. David, the Bible says that David, the Lord taught his hands to war. I believe that there are people who are graced to fight in war. The Bible says that God taught David how to fight. God taught him. He was graced to do it. We see here with Nehemiah, they acknowledge God. And because of the people, they still set a watch against him day and night. But there are also times in the Bible where in the book of Acts where Paul, he's threatened. He gets wind of the threat that's imminent. And he gets out of Dodge. He leaves. Why? Because, see, uh, common sense. <laughs> That's why. And if we're led by God's Spirit, we won't even something. We won't even be in situations where this takes place. But that doesn't mean the horse is still prepared. That's all I'm gonna say. The horse is still prepared for battle. But we know where the victory comes from. So the Bible says here that they set a watch. Verse 13, Nehemiah 4, skipping down to verse 13. Therefore, I position men below the lower, the lower parts of the wall, excuse me, at the openings. And I set people according to their families. He set people according to their families with their swords, spears, and bows. A sword would be the, the equivalent of a handgun, Right. Uh, going to the bow. I like to say like this, the, the bow is kind of like that sniper rifles. Like, a, like how I want us to see it. Or maybe it's just a bow because we got bows too, right? I played last of us. There were bows in that. <laughs> Some people just say last of us. What is that? No, no, It's okay. Let's keep reading the Bible. Let's stay in the spirit. According to their families with their swords, their spears and their bows And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. There are multiple verses in Psalms all over throughout the Bible where there were times of great toil, where there was times of an enemy army rising up to come against the children of Israel, where God would speak through a man that was in authority or a prophet or like Nehemiah in this case is the the leader here, that they should not, they were to not be afraid Uh, Psalms 27 is is a popular one. My mother used to read this to me as a kid because I was afraid I, I'd get scared pretty easily. And then I got exposed to Carmen. You know, some of y'all know Carmen, right? He did the No Monsters, uh, Missions 316, uh Jesus the Christ the Champion, Lazarus, you know, different songs like that. He had a song called No Monsters in my house, and I saw the video as a kid. Now you gotta know, I didn't grow up watching horror movies. So this is my first time seeing some of these monsters. So I got scared. Karma over here trying to help us not be scared, but I got scared watching these videos. So my mom would read this Psalm to me and it starts out in Psalms 27, verse one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? W- w- where's the confidence? Where's the trust? It's in God. It's in him. So he said, do not be afraid of them. Nehemiah says here in verse 13 of Chapter four, remember the Lord great and awesome and fight. Remember the Lord. Wait a minute. Time out. Let me read this verse to you again that we read earlier. Uh, Let's put this together. Psalms 20 verse seven, some trust in chariots. All right. Some in horses, but we will remember the name of our God. What does Nehemiah say here? He says, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome. Watch this though. And fight. Fight. For your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing. See how God's there. See how God is involved in this. It's not them trusting in their weaponry. God brought their plot to nothing that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So they left their back to the wall. They're back at work. Watch this. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the swords, the bows and war armor. And the leaders were behind all of the house of Judah. The Bible, of course, is silent on guns, but it's not silent on weapons of defense. Nehemiah shows us here weapons of defense, them defending themselves. See, they're not delusional. They're not. All right. Yeah. Yeah. God's our God. We're not gonna, man. We're gonna be fine, man. To throw the spears away, man. No, yes, but they did trust in God, and God brought the plot to nothing. But at the same time, even though God had brought the plot to nothing, they still had others that that were down there with the guns, that were down there with with the with the rifles, that were down there with the Smith and Wesson, they were down there with whatever it took, with the with whatever it, it takes to defend. The Bible's, the Bible's silent on guns. We understand that, of course, but it's not silent on weapons of defense. Nehemiah shows us, Proverbs 21, 31, shows us that in action. They were prepared. First they prayed, and then Nehemiah said, remember. You see that? They prayed. They got prepared. They prepared the horse for battle. And then Nehemiah said, remember the Lord. Point number two, the watchmen. With the man that we talked about earlier. No, I'm not talking about the TV show or the movie, by the way. But with the man that we were talking about earlier, that um, what, a, what a brave man. What, a, what an amazing, ah man, I can't even imagine what's going through his head during this time that shot down the man, um, the shooter. He was, he was basically a watchman in this case. The, but, but at the same time, the Bible clues us in on something. The Bible shows us here. That in Psalms 127, verse one, once again, we're not called to trust in any of the weapons. The trust is in the living God, but you still prepare the horse for battle. You understand that? The the trust is in God, the horse is prepared though. We trust God, yes, but the horse is still prepared. But we know that the victory is coming from the Lord. Psalms 127, verse one, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. The Passion Translation. If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the sentries will circle it in vain. Uh, Ezekiel gives us an idea uh, about the responsibility of the watchman. The the watchman here in in Ezekiel's case is a type of the prophet, of the prophet's ministry. And we're going to read it here in a little bit. But notice this. You need God's grace to build the city, to help build the, the house, and God's mercy to protect the city. It's God's mercy. It's of the Lord's mercies that you're not consumed. Do you see that? It's of the Lord's mercy. But notice what it says if God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. In other words, you need to know first that God's mercies are able to flow there. And when you know that, then do you see what I'm saying? Unless the Lord builds the house, they're laboring in vain that built it. If you know that God has called these things, I hope I hope this is making sense. Okay. If you know that God's mercies are there, new every morning, all right, then let the man circle the city. You see what I'm saying? Some people are trying to take one out. Okay, so, oh, you believe God's mercy is there. Okay, then you don't need. No. And then on the other hand, they try to say, okay. God, um, yeah, he's great, he's awesome, but we're gonna have this gun just in case. You see what I'm saying? No, it's not called to be that. We're supposed to put them both together. We're supposed to have first and foremost trust in him, and then when we know that he's there, his mercy is there. Then let them circle; they won't circle in vain. Ezekiel 33, verse one through six, tells us about the watchman. Gives us an in-depth look here. Again, this is the this is the New Living Translation. Again. A message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman to watch over the city. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then, if those who hear the alarm refuse, watch this to take action. If those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the alarm but ignored it. So the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Now, of course, like I said, this is used as a type and as an example of the prophet's ministry. That's a podcast in and of itself. But let's keep moving here for time's sake. A watchman. Jesus talks about a watchman in Matthew 24, verse 43. But know this, Jesus is talking, New King James. If the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Now, wait a minute. If you got a burglar that's coming, right? This is before the days of ring, you know, where you got the little camera there in front. You can see now this is before that he, he, he ain't got the ring. He didn't have, don't, don't have that kind of technology, but you know, a thief is coming. What's going to happen. If he would have known that the thief was coming, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into, not permitted, not allowed. Well, how's it going to stop him? How are you going to stop a burglar? I mean, if you had some weapons, that'd be nice. I'm just reading scripture, man. That's all I'm doing. I'm reading scripture. If, 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 there, was, if there was some means, if there was some kind of, watch this, defense against it, that would, that would be great. I believe strongly that the Bible teaches against going out and just killing people. Strongly. We all understand that. Thou shalt not kill. That literally means thou shalt not murder is what that means. You look it up. Of course, I believe that. But at the same time, I believe that God is a God that would, that would tell you to defend yourself. What happened with Nehemiah? It was defense. What about the watchmen with uh, Ezekiel? The Bible says that now it's time for them to take action. Why? Because they see them coming. They're not going out to necessarily get any, anybody. People are coming to them now. Okay, you've got to be in on, the, on the defense. You see what I'm saying there? I believe that um, the Bible is, is strongly for defense. Now, whatever that is for you is up to you. I'm not, pu- I'm not saying it can't be, it literally can't be guns. <laughs> can't be. Cause they didn't have it back then. But I'm saying that with weaponry, it, with weapons, right? Defense. G- Jesus preaches defense. Okay, let's look, message translation, same verse in the message translation. But you do know this, you know that if the homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would arrive, if he would have known what time he would have arrived, he would have been there. Watch this. This is, I love this. He would have been there with his dogs to prevent the break-in. Be vigilant just like this, because you have no idea when the son of man is going to show up. He said he would have been there with his dogs to prevent the break-in. I hear this two ways: literal dogs, but also with his with 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 his dogs, with his homies, to make sure this doesn't go down. And I think of also too. I don't know if you saw John Wick three, but that comes to mind as well with that um with that. <laughs> that was a good time in the movie theater. So what's he saying here? Well, okay, what you, what he's literally saying is the householder. What he would have done was he would have been compelled to use force in, watch this, protecting his, his home. And the Lord made a reference to the subject in an improving attitude. He made reference to this in an approving attitude. If he would have known, he would not have allowed. He would have watched, first and foremost, and not allowed. This shows that it's right for one to protect his home and family, even though he has to use force against force. This shows that it's good and it's right to protect, to defend. You see that it's all through scripture, protect, defend. It's all through there. That's what Nehemiah, that's what they were doing. The watchman. That's what he was doing. He was watching, defending, letting them know, sounding the alarm. It was up to them whether they were going to get out of there or not, but he did his job. Jesus is saying here, he he, he in an approving attitude, he shows that it's Right for one, to protect his home and to protect his family. I want us to see this, man. Point number three, we're going to wrap it up here. Point number three, and uh, this is what I love. I love this point. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Luke 22. Jesus says something that's very enlightening here. Luke 22, verse 36 he had just said, when I sent you out with no strip, with no purse, uh, you were just basically, you didn't have anything. Did you lack anything though? And they said, Lord, we didn't lack nothing. So Jesus says here in Luke twenty-two thirty-six. 36, then he said to them, but now, listen to that, but now it's important to find out what the spirit of God is saying to you now. He may have said one thing in one season. But this is why we are to continue to, to, to listen to the voice of the good shepherd. Cause in another season, he may tell you to do something else. That's another message. But now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise a knapsack and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Woo. Wait a minute. Let me read that again. Hang on a second. But now let me see to make sure I read that right. But now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So they said, Lord, look here, two swords. And he said unto them, it is enough. I'm, I'm just going to let the Bible speak for itself there. When he says by a sword, Jesus does not mean that his disciples are to repel force with force. He's not saying, I want y'all to go out. Because, of course, when it gets when it when it comes down to it, we see that what goes down in the garden. Right. And Peter, we know Peter is one of the guys with the sword. I don't know who had the other sword. I'm curious as to who had the other sword. The the Bible doesn't tell us, but we know very well that Peter had a sword. Could have been it could have been John. I don't know. He's I don't know. He's called the son of thunder. I don't know. Peter and John were real close together. They, we see them together a lot in scripture. Could they be the two people who were licensed to carry? Let me move on a bit. Let me move on. When he says by a sword, he's not just talking about that. He's not talking about using it for force or using it to hurt, to kill people. He's no, but that they were ready to defend. That's what it means. Some people would say, yeah, Elijah, but if you, if you, if you study it there, obviously the Bible says when he says it's enough, he, he really, he's, he's ir- irritated with them because they didn't see the real meaning of what he was saying. Cause they just needed the sword of the spirit and Jesus didn't want them to ever have any swords whatsoever. John 18, 10 through 11 then. Yeah, I slapped him. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Y'all. <laughs> Forgive me. Don't put words in Jesus's mouth. Let's find out what it says. Let's find out what Jesus, what his thought process was. Let's look at what happens when he, when Peter pulls out the sword, let's look at what happens. What the Bible said happened. All right. John 18, 10 through 11, New King James Version. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Peter, get rid of that sword. Throw it on in that bush over there in the corner. Man, get it. Peter, Peter, throw the sword away. Wait a minute. Oh, wait. That's not what that says. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink? Wait a minute, time out. Let me let me go back. Put your sword into the sheath. You know what this would be the equivalent of saying holster your weapon. Come on now. Put your sword into the sheath. He didn't say throw the sword away. He didn't say throw the sword away. He said put it back in the sheath shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? And I'm so thankful that he did. But notice that he didn't tell him to to throw the sword away. He told him to put it back into the sheath. Why? Because nobody was attacking anybody. They were coming to get Jesus. They were seeking. Jesus said, "Who who are you looking for? The Bible says they had just gotten up because Jesus said, I am he. You can read it in John 18. He said, I am he and knocked them all out backwards. So Peter is like, okay, now that must be the signal to, to wild out, to, to get to cut some ears off. Well, you know, Peter wasn't aiming for an ear. It was dark that night. He, Peter's not a swordsman, he's a fisherman. So he's swinging that thing left and right and he gets his ear. See what I did there? All right, never mind. He never said, throw it away. Can we all agree on that? He never said, throw it away. We're wrapping it up. He never said, throw it away. Now let's look at this word, this verse in Matthew 10, let's put this all together. Matthew 10, 16, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. When he says wise as serpents, he means prudent, discreet. Serpents are very cautious, very cautious in avoiding danger. When he says harmless as doves, and that means guileless and innocent. Paul said, I do my best to live a life void. That's a, with a clear conscience with God and with men. Let's look at an example of this with um, Peter, excuse me, Paul. But let's look at the example of being wise as a serpent. Acts twenty two, twenty five, 25, and 26. The Bible says that Paul had been taken and they wanted to, to beat him up, they wanted to examine him by scourging. And the Bible says in verse 25, as they bound him with thongs, getting ready to do it. Paul said to the centurion, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, watch this. Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander saying, take care of what you do for this man is a Roman. This isn't the only time Paul does this. There was a time, remember when Paul and Silas prayed, sang praises unto God. The prisoners heard them in um, Acts 16. I'm going to turn over there. I believe it was Acts 16. Yeah, in Acts 16, the Bible says that um, they, after everything went down, they went to the jailer's house to stay. The Bible says that they wanted to send them away quietly. But Paul said to them, they beat us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. Now they thrust us out privately. Paul said, nah, he said, "Uh uh-uh, nay, verily, he said, no, but let them come themselves and fetch fetch us out. When they told him these words, they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. So they came and besought them and brought them out and desired to depart out of that city. They went out of the prison, they entered into the house of Lydia. When they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and they departed. What did Paul do? He used the law. He used the legal system Him being a Roman, he used the legal system to his advantage. What was he was wise. He was wise as a serpent, yet he was harmless as a dove. This is what I'm talking about. Being at a place where we're wise, it's it's wise to defend yourself. It's wise to be able to defend your children, to be able to defend your wife, to be able to defend your husband, even because women, they out here too, man. They can carry too. It's wise, but I'm not telling you what that's between you and your conscience. I'm letting you know that it's wise. That's all I'm saying. But you we're called to be harmless as dubs though. We're not out here looking to bust a cap on anybody, but at the same time, we've got, we we have some wisdom about us. We know how to avoid, we know how to be uh, cognizant and how to be conscious and, and defend ourselves like Nehemiah, what they did. They weren't looking for a fight. They prayed though. They, they sought God. But at the same time, they were ready in case something jumped off, as we say in the country, as we say in the hood. We we're ready in case something jump off or pop off, depending on where you're from. Now what I want to end this podcast with is Romans 14, 1 through 4. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtless things. For one believes he, he can eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Why do I say that? He told them here because one group said, oh man, I, we, on, we need to only be eat vegetables. Another group's like, no, nah, I want, my, I want my, my porterhouse steak. So what, what does Paul say here? He says, let not him who eats despise him who, who does not eat. Or for the purpose of this podcast, I'll say it like this. Don't let the one who carries condemn the one and despise the one who chooses not to carry. We are not called... To judge another man's servant. I'm not trying to, I'm not in This is why I wanted to end it like this, because I'm not saying, oh, you should have a gun. I'm not saying that I'm giving you scripture. I'm letting you know that you, I'll tell you this, you be wise as a serpent and be harmless as a dove. When it's as wise as a serpent, that's prudent. That's discreet serpents that are very cautious in avoiding danger, harmless as a dove, innocent, be innocent, be found innocent. These guys, when they were using weaponry, they were using it in self-defense. They were using it to protect. If the watchman had known that the thief was coming, he would have done everything in his power to stop it. He would have had the dogs with him. I'm just saying, be safe out there. Be led by God's spirit. I'm not telling you one way or another. I don't despise the one that carries and I don't despise the one who chooses not to. I'm telling you, be led by God's spirit. Because if you're led by God's spirit, you'll you'll avoid certain situations. But if you got a creepy crawler trying to come in, if you got Pete the Prowler trying to come into your home, I pray you're able to defend yourself. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for this podcast. I hope that by your spirit, not by me, I couldn't say anything that would make sense at all but by your spirit, Father, that something made sense and clicked in the hearts and minds of those who listen to the podcast today. Father, I want it to be clear before you, before heaven. I'm not telling anybody whether to carry or not to carry, to get their license and all that good stuff or not. I'm not telling them that. What I'm telling them, Father, is that first and foremost, we decide to trust in you and we are wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, I love you so much. Leave a like, leave a comment. Let us know if this blessed you. My name is Elijah Merle. And remember this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world.